What's up, everybody? You're listening to an episode of This Most Unbelievable Life. Yes! We're so glad you're listening. If you've been listening for a while, you know my voice. I'm Dr. Sherry Spiegel, and my co-host is my dear friend, Dr. Paul Fitzgerald. That's right, folks. I'm Dr. Paul Fitzgerald, and I'm happy to welcome you to Season 5 of the podcast. I'm honored to be here once again with my co-host, Dr. Sherry Spiegel, as we work to discover, along with you, our own most unbelievable lives. Thank you for listening. Yes. Hey, Paul. Hey, Sherry. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing well. Also, I never know how to finish. I'm doing well as well. I'm doing well, too. See, you need well to come up also. with a, a more exciting word. Uh, one of our mutual students, when I asked him how he was, he used to say that he was peachy. So perhaps yeah. you could find a fruit that you ad- admire that you could say you are. Yeah, but not pineapple or mango because those are the safe words that we use. So. That's right. That's it's- right. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. A second ago, right before we started recording, I went into the kitchen. I was going to grab a snack and I saw these delicious looking mango slices that I had mm. in my fridge. And I was like, if I bring these into my podcast room... Paul's going to develop a complex. Yeah, right. Why is she eating mango? What does it mean? Get out of this conversation quick. Yeah. Too sweet. Interesting. Yeah. uh, What a wonderful day I think it is. It's, uh, what is it? Podcast Tuesday, I guess, huh? It is Podcast Tuesday again. Very cool. Um, Very Just kind of looking at the calendar and see when this one's going to drop. This one will drop on the 25th of March. Yeah. 25th. or, Or thereabouts, I think. Is that... What is that? The day after your wedding anniversary? It is. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Um, and I would encourage you, uh, I need to do some math in my head really quick. So this will be our 18th wedding anniversary. I was going to say, don't ask until I do the math. 18th. 18th. Nice. Yeah. I was thinking that it was your 17th, but I forgot that last year happened. Yeah. yeah as we all did. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as we all did. I mean, this, this has been an interesting perspective. I mean, our first episode that we recorded was the week before the pandemic, right? Yes. Episode one. And um, I did something today that I have not done in a very, very, very long time. Ooh. Um, I shook somebody's hand. <gasps> I know. And um, I was up uh, doing a little gardening today mm-hmm. up at our community garden spot. And the person who took over the plot next to us um, uh, is new. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, she was there and she introduced herself to me. I introduced myself to her. Um, and she's like, we like virtually shake hands or something. And I'm like, hey, man, I don't know. You vaccinated? And she's like, yeah, I had I had the two Pfizer shots back in, back in April. And I was like, yeah, me too. And I actually, you know. And you shook her hand. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was strange. Yeah. It's funny, last week, uh, one of my very good friends came over and um, to my house, like where I live. Indoors. Indoors. Oh, my God. Um, And I hugged her twice. Wow. Um, Wow. Yeah, she was like the only person who was not my husband or you that I'd touched in that year. (laughs) Right, right. Um, So, yeah, I bring this up because like the, the first episode was right before the pandemic hit and every episode since has been... I mean, I don't want to say you're under the shadow of that. I think we've had some great episodes, but has been um, reflective upon the truth of this time in which we're in. And um, Fairfax County, uh, where I live, not where you live, but you're right next door. Yeah. 
um, hit 50%, uh-huh. 50% vaccinations yeah. uh, a lot of, like a week ago. So pretty crazy. And uh, yeah, cases are at a, <laughs> well, there's not an all time low because an all time low has was, was zero. Right. You know, <laughs> so it's not like influenza that we're tracking here, but that's low too. That is low. Um, yes. It is low too, but I mean, it's the lowest it's been in, in a long time and, and it's only getting lower. Um, yeah. So. Well, now I feel like the thing is like adjusting to like what the new expectations are. Yeah. I think a lot of people have talked about this. Like, I still feel like I'm supposed to be in a mask whenever I'm outside. And yes, that's strange. Yeah. And the CDC is saying, yeah, you know, not really, as long really. as you're not close to people. And I'm like, right. huh okay but maybe i'll just wear it anyway yeah because i mean fairfax county is such a funny place and i think alexandria probably is too but it's like two people on a path or a sidewalk walking past each other it's like everybody like grabs their mask and puts it on to for the for the three seconds that you're walking past each other it's like you're never going to get it in that situation. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's this doesn't really seem to be how transmission happens according yeah. to all the latest goings on with, with the news. Sure. Um, but I mean, the social rules and expectations that go along with it play in. I mean, I was talking to, to Shauna about this um, a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. It's like, at what point do fully vaccinated people no longer wear a mask outside when taking a walk? I mean, you go in a Safeway, fine, whatever, put a mask on. But it's like, uh, we're, we're vaccinated and we're wearing a mask as we walk past somebody else. The other person who's going next to us, probably a 50% chance, if not higher, that they have as well. Yet we both still sort of grab for our masks and put them on when we walk past each other. Yeah. Not because of COVID, but I think because of like mutual respect and comfort level of something. Right. I'm still parsing it out. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. Well, it's it seems to be like this gesture towards our shared humanity, towards, yeah. you know, like... Yeah, yeah it, it feels it, it feels almost ceremonial, or res- it, it feels like it's a it's a, it's respectful, um, right. not necessarily an anti-pandemic thing. It's a, it's a gesture that can be made, right? Like it feels like the new version of you know you used to walk past somebody and you would do that awkward smile, that weird grin. Uh huh. Yeah, Paul that just Paul, did it, yeah. but our listeners can't see it. But yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, lips pierced together, like eyebrow raised, like, so instead of doing that, we acknowledge one another by holding a mask to our mouth instead. Yeah. We are sharing this experience that we are both in collectively mm-hmm. that is, yeah. uh, that has taken the lives of so many and has so disrupted yeah. our society so much mm-hmm. that we do seem to, you know, and, and this is a caution statement, if there ever was one, it seems to be... Stuff's opening up again. That's true. You know, yeah. our employer is bringing us uh, back on campus at least a little bit in the fall. Yep. And many are. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, decisions are being made on whether to require vaccinations with students and faculty before they step foot on campus again. It's mm-hmm. interesting to see how those are playing out. Yeah. And live events are starting to be scheduled again. Uh, my husband was asking me if I wanted to go to punk rock bowling in Las Vegas. And, Ooh. What'd you say? Yeah. Um... Is he going? And just wonders later. if you want to go too, or what? How's this well, we're both we're both contemplating it. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's a thing to think about. It is. It yeah. is. I don't know. Um, 
yeah, the it is interesting to see what um there's this like freshness about the world to me right now because uh the semester is over which you know the last two episodes were very very education focused yeah, this does yeah. not have to be a teacher on summer vacation <laughs> podcast but um there's a way in which i'm going about life right now and just in a way that feels like there's this profound sense of newness um mm-hmm. even though i haven't gone anywhere new um i did over last weekend i went uh, back to my hometown um and you know this is a neighborhood that i have been in for years upon years um right. and my husband my brother and my father and i went for a walk where we walked around the neighborhood seven times wow it's not a very big neighborhood it's a circle it's, just kind of yeah it's, it's a bit it is yeah so my parents live on a, a street that is um that is just a giant circle mm-hmm. um and so we walked around seven times and it was so interesting to walk around this neighborhood that i've known my whole life like well since i was 10 right but walk around it over and over and over and still be able to bring somehow fresh eyes to it. Mm. And I think that that's mm. a lot of what's happening right now. Like with a lot of things in the pandemic, I'm doing very mundane things for the first time in a long time, yeah, like your handshake. Right. Yeah. And somehow yeah. these mundane things feel new. Yeah. It's, it's pretty curious. Um, it's pretty curious and the weather is warming up as well. So there's more outside kind of stuff that's, that's happening kind of around that, you know, um, I'm, I'm waiting for coffee shops to mm. open, and, you know, cause coffee shops are still not indoor seating anywhere, you know? And I think that's looking back, you know, and I don't know, maybe this is the, let's reflect on 14 months of pandemic or not. I don't know. Um, that's the one thing that I really miss, you know, in, from my own personal productivity perspective is getting a laptop and hanging out in a coffee shop with a cup of coffee and knocking some stuff out. Well, and that's something I feel like we'll may not forecast too much. I think some of yeah. that might be in our future together because we do have some writing projects we want to work on this yeah, summer. Yeah, so do. it does feel like there is some let's meet in a coffee shop and not talk to each other time. Yeah, in our time. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know when. I haven't heard anything on, on plans for when coffee shops going to open back up again or anything. So, Well, I mean, there's one near my house that you can already go sit in. Yeah. Yeah, we're so. down here. You can't yet, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I'm going to one on Thursday, actually, that overlooks the water. Oh, nice, nice. So, yeah. So it'll be interesting. Long story short, to see um, what happens now. I don't know. I that the this sentence sounded like it was going to be a lot better when it was in my head before it actually started to come out. Um. But yeah, it'll be curious. I was in a conversation with some um, some folks in the educational sphere um, yesterday afternoon, and you know what they're really thinking about is incoming freshmen who have spent mm-hmm. the last year, year and a half on in Zoom school. Mm-hmm. You know, now entering uh, college at a in in a way where most of what they do is going to be in person. Yeah. Again, and it's like how where where are they going to be 
like not like physically, but where where in their educational development are they going to be? Yeah. And well, what are they going to be fine at? What are they going to not be as great at coming in that new freshmen used to be? I, so, right. I mean, there was there was more conversation around that than I expected. Yeah. Well, and there's also just like the social elements of it. I mean, and I think that's true for all of us. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, I went to uh, I went right. to a grocery store this morning. I also went to I went to a couple of places this morning, which is very unusual for me. Um, but I went to a grocery store, and I think it's the first time I've been to a grocery store by myself in like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she asked me if uh, I found everything all right, and I found myself giving her two thumbs up. And then I thought. Wow, Sherry, you were socially awkward before the pandemic, yeah, but now, see what we get. <laughs> now, now you're going to bring an extra level of special. Yeah, right. um, so I don't know. It's you know we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, and who knows? You know, I still I still don't put a lot of weight into this, expecting things to go back. You know, with with fold sort of as they were sort of sort of way and I'm, I'm okay with that um but what i what people have been saying it's like about how um there seems to be as much of if not more anxiety about the reopening of things than there was about the closing of things that might be true i don't know um and there, people folks were saying you know i don't mean to be like people are saying this kind of thing because like i i don't actually know who i'm talking about besides like a couple of articles i read on the internet um at least when everything closed down, it was collective and everybody was sort of in the same boat at once with this. It was like it was sort of trickled and who really know, and it's very different from state to state. And yeah, um, who and we've all become reacclimated because 14 months is a long enough time to do that, reacclimated to a completely different way of doing all kinds of stuff. And what do you what what do we do with that as mm-hmm. as we all sort of change once again? Right. into a new way and you know i find myself now when i'm in a situation where there's a room with more than four people in it not that this happens on the daily and i'm i'm not sure how often it's really happened at all you know except you know the dunkin donuts or something like that they get kind of antsy mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah there's a lot of people in here it's like oh, i don't know about this um i mean what 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 it, it's hard to imagine somebody standing in front of you yeah. Without wearing a mask, with me not wearing a mask, and and having a conversation with them, just some rando, right? It it's hard to imagine. Yeah, it's like wow, they're not wearing masks. Wow, look at, mm, man, that person's kind of close. Mm, you know, and all these new reactions have probably been ingrained that we have yet to discover because we're not in the situation to trigger them yet. Right. Yeah, I mean, and and there are all these there are all these weird things that come along with that kind of like, Ooh, yeah, uh, right. getting near other people. You know, when I, this morning at the grocery store, I was very mindful of the fact, you know, I'm at Aldi and um, I'm very mindful of the fact that I'm trying to give the woman in front of me her proper six feet of yeah. social distancing. But meanwhile, the woman behind me has all of the, her purchases uh, in her hands. Like she didn't get a basket or anything. I guess she was, didn't have a quarter right so she's got all this stuff in her arms and so i'm finding myself trying to figure out 
how far forward can I go to allow the poor woman behind me to be able to put her items on the conveyor belt, belt. but not too far? You know, it's, it's a whole different set of social gymnastics. Yeah. And I wonder what will linger, what what will linger with us in this? Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of businesses put up a lot of infrastructure around Mm -hmm. safety, all the plexiglass everywhere. The decals on the floor, stand here, stand here, stand here. I just wonder if a lot of that stuff is going to stay. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think lots of, it, it is interesting to me what weird little tokens of the past stay with us yeah. and which ones we crave returning to, right? Right. Like, so I think about the fact that um, I love when I come across a payphone out in the wild these days. Um And I think one of the reasons for that is that um, when my husband and I were first dating in the 90s, um, we saw them all the time. um, And every time we walked past one, Eric would pick up the receiver and put it back down, upside down, um, every single time. Just because? Just because, yeah. Um, And it was just like this adorable thing, this weirdo that I was dating did. Um, And so we always did it together and i would do it when he wasn't around after a while and now i never see one so if we ever do we're always like delighted to be able to do this old dumb thing that we did as teenagers yeah i wonder i mean it'd be a good good to have a historian here you know to to consult but you know i wonder because you know that there are well, I don't, I suspect there are um, some leftovers of some previous catastrophes that live on within us that we still do without really thinking about them, without questioning them, just because they're so ingrained at this point. I'm not sure if I have any examples of that, but. Yeah, well. I wonder. I mean, I think they're, maybe not catastrophes, but I mean, like, we can we can think through how people, you know, like, you've told the story of your what is it? Your mom in the sandwich bag of sandwich bags. Yeah, right. Sandwich right. Bag, like those are. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the carryovers from depression era. Um, guys walking on the outside, you know, when walking with a partner down the street, you know, because um, it's what's done, you know, because um, when the person in the upstairs throws the contents of their chamber pot out the window into the gutter, you know, <laughs> it doesn't land on the madam. Uh, <laughs> it's like, that's not really, I hope that's not a problem today. Uh, if it is, you know. I always thought it was so that, that he would get ran over uh, before I would. Well, well in either, either way, <laughs> you know, I'm not, a fond, I'm not not fond of it, but I mean, it's the chivalrous thing to do, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what sort of sticks sticks yeah. with this. It'll be interesting what sticks with this. And and hopefully, you know, and it any time that I used to do this over the last 14 months, I would say, you know, it, I, I, I try not to start sentences in ever to say like what, you know, some of the good that might come out of this because it's like there's not a lot of good that comes out of this. Um, but I mean, there have been some things that have come out of this, which are uh, interesting in, in positive ways. Like, like I mean, what works for COVID works for influenza. Influenza is almost non-existent, mm-hmm. you know, in the United States right now um, for obvious reasons. What works for one works for the other. Um, a lot of accessibility stuff, 
mm-hmm. a lot of accessibility stuff has come out of this and yeah. um some and and some in has come out of it too but at least the system was jostled enough to push those boundaries out a little bit to do some exploration which hopefully what good positive outcomes might have come from this might be able to be held on to and not just completely abandoned in, with the excitement of oh the coffee shop's open mm-hmm. you know and what do we do with these big empty college campuses uh, right yeah well it is interesting to try to figure out um you know when when everything started closing down uh eric and i had a very very busy social calendar yeah um like we would not be home most nights of the week right like it was like monday there was a happy hour tuesday there was trivia uh you know wednesday we Mm -hmm. would usually go to yoga and then thursday night we would go to a board game meetup and then friday night we would collapse yeah um because uh for some reason that incessant going was so normal for us um and so i think dropping all the way to zero took some (laughs) adjustments um but now the idea of going back to that kind of a social calendar oh no thank you yeah the memory the reminders the memory of what it took to unwind from that are going to be fresh Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah it's it's gonna be interesting but i don't know i feel like I'm looking forward to a day where this podcast doesn't have to be about the pandemic. Yeah, me too. That, yeah, that's something like, I wonder what this podcast is going to be about when all this is over. And it's like, well, Jerry, it was great. I'll see you later, right? Uh, because like, like I said, there's only been one episode ever recorded that was pandemic-free. That's true. You know, where, I mean, there might have been some rumblings about this virus, you know, creeping around somewhere. Yeah, but we weren't paying attention to that. But we weren't paying attention to that. It was the farthest thing. You know, because I remember on that first episode, and we talk about that first episode a lot. You know, we had one episode and, you know, 63 follow-ups. It's like, we should hang out in the quad more. It's like, yeah, we're not going to do that for the next year and a half, by the way. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it couldn't have been more poorly timed. But, But that's an interesting point. Like, how much, like, I really wonder... When we get back to campus in the fall, will will the outdoor spaces of our campus be used more often? Yeah. Because I feel like one thing that's happened is we've gotten more accustomed to gathering with our loved ones or friends or random acquaintances from class outside. Um, and so perhaps uh, that one complaint from our very first episode mm. um might look different when we come back to campus yeah it really might it really Mm -hmm. might and um i was just writing about this in that blog post the other day the difficulty in going from 150 to zero yeah you know that everybody well i shouldn't say everybody you know that many people felt yeah last march um to to run up to that speed is not hard to do if you don't think about it and if it happens gradually or if you were born into it it's yeah. like the 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 deceleration, you know, and the physics folks are freaking out. Yes, I know it's negative acceleration. Fine. Um, my own physics person kind of spoke up for a second. Um, that that sudden slowing down. It's like, how do you come down from high velocity lifestyle? 
right is not easy is not easy and you know we talked about a little bit about this ourselves in the last uh the last episode or two i think it came up once or twice it's like the end of the year the end of the academic year i got this summer break it's like how do you shut down how do you stop and it's really hard right it's not easy it's not comfortable and it's kind of interesting the kinds of things that we do when we know we need to shut down or you know for some folks um even outside of education you know might be gearing up for a summer vacation right and what does the beginning of a summer vacation look like i don't know what it looks like for other people but the first couple of days like i have to work hard to not work hard yeah yeah normally yeah you can feel the vacancy of something um and you know i've been noticing this uh for the past couple of days it's like i can feel this vacancy of something in my head where something is supposed to be and my brain is like frantically searching for something to latch onto, something to do, something to fill that space, and it's not finding it. And it's like it, it's it's it takes a while to to do that. And um, and it's certainly not the case that all of our heads were all suddenly empty of of anything sort of going on last March. But it was that okay. Everything was fun and great, and now you're all going to be at home for fourteen months. And yeah don't go anywhere and uh entertain yourself as best you can (laughs) yeah for a long time and um just that ah you know humans just don't do sudden change well or easily they can do it right they can do it uh but not not easily yeah well i mean if we think about moving into like a relaxation period or something like that like you know, we have all these terms that we use for that pivot. Um, you know, like, oh, I need some time to unwind. So there's this image here, right, that you have literally been wound up. Yeah. Right. Um, perhaps like the Energizer Bunny. Yeah. Um, or that we need to unplug. Um, so there's this image that we've been plugged into a circuit. Yeah. And we, we're choosing to yeah, right. unplug, unwind. What else? Decompress. What other... Decompress. Decompress. Because we've been compressed. Yeah, we've been compressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. These metaphors, right? That. Well, and it's interesting. Describe, that, that, that describe, you know. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting because we want to unplug and recharge. Aren't those kind of opposites? I don't know. Kind of. So you're going to unplug decompress so at that the same you can time. get more charge yeah i don't know i don't know uh but what do you use to unwind that's a good question and um it's a good question because i don't always know that i'm doing it when i do it it's like what do i find that i do mm-hmm. and um the what do i what do i use to unwind um it's just to just to go back, uh, just for a second. Um, I'm I'm still. This is going to be a, a little intellectual bit of conversation because I'm still wound. Yeah. A little, yeah. a little, you know, because like my my brain is still trying to find stuff to latch onto and, ooh, do this, ooh, do that because it, it feels the vacancy of the end of an academic year. Um, so it'll be interesting what it, what what happens. But there are a couple of things that I do. 
mm-hmm. to on on wine that I know that I do, and it's this intentional stuff. And as anyone who has seen me in the middle or the end of summer, if you catch me in a particular T-shirt on a particular day, you might see a very distinct tan line. Uh-huh. Um, and that is not due to my daily venturing out to the beach or anything like that. It's oh, nothing quite as exotic as that. As folks know, and I posted this on um, the Insta a little earlier today, actually. Um, I have this garden plot up here in Reston. Uh-huh. Um, we got about 200, 250 square feet of uh, Fairfax County's finest topsoil. Um, which turns into clay about eight inches below that topsoil. So it takes a little bit of work and effort to get that soil ready to go. And um, I get a lot of enjoyment. What is this, my third or fourth year, I guess? Maybe fifth of of growing stuff up there. All sorts of leafy greens. Mm -hmm. And we have some garlic growing this year. All very exciting stuff. That's where I grow the chili peppers, the, you know, Carolina Reapers and the Trinidad Scorpions and the ghost peppers that I that I plant. I put a mm-hmm. lot of them up there. Um, what does one do with 30 ghost peppers? That's, I mean, it's hard to find something to do with one. What do you do with 30? Uh, you know, <laughs> it's like they last a long time, believe it or not. Um, we have some in the freezer right now. Um, and it's, I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. And it gets me out of the house and it's a summer thing. Mm-hmm. It's a spring thing. It's a fall thing. But let's make no mistake here. Most of the action is in the summer. And sometimes it's nothing more than going up and pulling some weeds and doing a little yeah. watering. And it's kind of being outside mostly by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to get things to live. Um, <laughs> and it requires very little intellectual effort. It's, it's, it's not a, I need to really put some thought into this. It's like, no, it's, it's not a thinking thing. Um, there's some involved. It's like, what do, what do I want to plant? Where, what times it go in the ground? And blah, blah, but it's like, that's not the same thinking as the intellectualism of higher I would like to offer that you might have some prior knowledge that goes into yeah, work yeah. there. It, it gets less, every the- year it's less thinking. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a there's a an informational base that is learned. That yeah, because I do not that. want anyone to think that we think that gardening is not an intellectual activity. I think this guy just happens to have a bunch of knowledge that he doesn't. Yeah, it's I don't have a green thumb. I mean, it, none of it came easily. I mean, I, I I still kill as much as I don't. Um, but I figured a few things out along the way. I will say. Yeah. Yeah, so why gardening? It demands its attention exclusively. It's hard to multitask when you're gardening. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're gardening, you're only gardening. And it's like, what do you get a garden while doing something else? You know, it's like I can't even imagine it. Um, Yeah. And it's like, I I think you could, you might be able to be on a conference call on Zoom while you're gardening, but you're not going to do either one particularly well. Why or if you, you did one to? of them well, you would obviously do the gardening. Yeah. You know, um, it, it it demands exclusivity of attention and intention. It's like when you're gardening, you're only going to do that and you're not going to be doing anything else. Yeah. But pulling weeds. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and there's only one thing to actually be engaged in at a time when you're, yeah. when you're doing it. And, um, 
there might be other stuff that creeps in your head. I mean, it's almost a guarantee that there will be, you know, thoughts will come in, thoughts will, you know, you'll, you'll experience the rising and passing away of thoughts and all this other kind of stuff. But it's like, yeah. Yeah. Gardening. I mean, I think that that's I mean, the what thing. What am I going to do, run off and send that email? No, you know, it's like right. my phone's usually in the car unless I'm taking pictures for Instagram. Yeah. You know. I mean, I think that that's the, the interesting thing is that our normal lives, requ- I don't even, I don't want to use the word require, but I think we're so accustomed to task sw- switching that it takes an, an enormous amount of attention to do something that is single track. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. You know, yeah, like, you know, even like if I'm cooking, like I might be cooking and listening to a record and having a phone call and, you know, like uh, the number of times that I just focus on one activity. So- yeah, ta- task, task switching has become more expected of something that we would do and more comforting and more, more comfortable than not test switching. Yeah. Do this and only this for two hours. What? Right. How could. Well, and this is something I really have had to train myself. Um, and it's hard to admit that I had to retrain myself to do this, but um, reading has become mm. much more difficult um, mm-hmm. in the last 10 years. And it's because of these small computers that yeah, come along, right? right? Um, but I remember when I was a kid, I would read for hours. Yeah. Like, usually when I was supposed to be sleeping. Um, but I would just read for hours, no problem. Um, but now, like, I have these conversations with my husband about, like, take my phone away from me. I am yeah. trying to read. But it's like, I'll be reading, and then there will be, like, a reference to something that I don't know much about. So I'll grab my phone and I'll look up something about it. And next thing I know, I'm looking at, you know, what's the history of the Laffy Taffy flavors, you know? And how did I even get here, right? Um, And so it's like, all of what's happening there is curiosity, which I think is one of my virtues. But when what I want to accomplish is just a little relaxing reading time. And you find out that that relaxing reading, that that relaxing reading is anything but relaxing, because the whole time you're trying to fight off the urge to, you know, plug in. To yeah. The yeah. Webs about laffy taffy flavors. And it's a real thing. Yeah, it is a real thing. Like it's a real, real thing, and and that's part of the concern I think that a lot of folks had with you know what's coming into the freshman year of college from from high school students is like. Dude, they've been in front of a screen most mm-hmm. days, every day. I mean, do they know how to be in a classroom anymore? It's like, what is it even going to be like? There's social stuff that is gone, you know, um, that, that retrainment. I mean, we haven't been in a classroom either. I mean, this yeah, is one right? of the... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to freak out. Right. Um, you know, I was telling my friend Melanie that, for example, I think the concept of teacher's bladder... Um, my yeah. bladder is not Poor what it once tray. was, right? To, like, a, to, to normal size. Yeah, yeah, because it used to be like I could teach three classes in a row, no problem. Now I got them in breakout groups, my camera's off, and I'm running to the, you know, and it's because our bathroom's there, and it's, you know, why not? Um, oh, right. 
so it's the the strangest things uh, yeah. that have been yeah, affected yeah. by yeah. this sh- yeah. shift. Yeah, I am concerned about my ability to project in a classroom to a group of students. Mm. It's like I haven't actually said something above a level to reach the nearest microphone in over a year like projection voice you know speaking speaking you know in a in a projecting way is gone i'm sure yeah. i'm sure well i mean that's always the thing the cup, first couple of weeks of august i always find that anyway um, yeah 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 you know like the first week back in the classroom i come home with my voice shot and my feet tired yeah and I'm looking forward to having that problem again. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. But, you know, one of the things I kind of built my schedule for fall to kind of anticipate some of that um, to where I'm only teaching one class per day. Yeah. Um, in anticipation of that very problem. Yeah. Yeah. So. What is something that you do to rewind, unwind well, decompress, so recharge. That's kind of an interesting question. Um, I don't know that I've ever unwound, right? Like, yeah. so this has been a really interesting transition into summer because um, I've been a hyper anxious person since probably since I was 11 years old. Um, and... I think the last memories I have of feeling really relaxed, um, I was probably like eight years old. Mm. Um, Mm. So like, I'm just type a high anxiety, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, But I've done a lot of work this past year. And so I'm getting, I think a lot better at relaxation and so one of the things that i'm discovering now is the ability to not think about anything like to just sit there and not be thinking and and this is a new pastime for me like i'm really excited about it i've never experienced it before um but like i think you Maybe you mentioned something the other day where you were like, I've never seen you in summer brain. And I'm like, yeah, me neither, my friend, me neither. Um, And last night, Eric was like, "Um, are you okay?" And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what are you thinking about? And I was like, nothing. Nothing. And he was like, you can be honest with me. And I said, I know. (laughs) Believe me, it's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. Um, Yeah. But for whatever reason, um, when I'm trying to unwind one of the things that i really like to do is make stuff Mm. um and it kind of changes year to year what i like to make um so last year i was really into making stationery um like envelopes and stuff like that um this year as you know i've decided i'm gonna get into block printing that's awesome um so i don't know what that's gonna come about um last year i also tried to get into watercolor uh, and I wasn't instantly good at it. So. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you remember that day? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that one day that I tried that. <laughs> yeah. See, my problem is like my un... In the past, I've tried to be productive in my unwinding time. Right? Like I couldn't just say, I'm going to spend the summer learning to water, like 
watercolor paint. Yeah, there we go. Mm. Um, I would be like, tomorrow I'm going to have 17 fantastic watercolor paintings. Right. Right. I was very product oriented. Figured out a day. Yeah. So I'm interested in block printing in part because it's meant to be a slow practice. So like, what's the, what's the, uh, what's the art of in craft of block printing look like? What is, what, so what's the, what, what's the do on that? So like, like, so what are you doing? I guess that's what I'm asking. So what are yeah. you doing? So I've got these linoleum blocks, right? And, uh, this cu- cutting tool. And so basically what I'm going to do is draw out some sort of design on the linoleum. And then I'm going to cut out, uh, basically I'm going to make a big stamp. Cool. And then I'm going to ink it. And then I'm going to put, you know, apply some paper to it. Um, and then I'll have a thing that I made with a big stamp, basically. Sweet. Sweet. So that's the goal. I've So far, I have consulted one art friend. Uh, the same one who I, last year I was like, what should I buy for watercolor painting? Right. I think this, this is like... Oh, Sherry's yearly craft project. Cool. Um, so I consulted him. I watched some YouTube videos. And then this morning I went and bought supplies. Stay tuned for next week's updates. Yeah, cool, cool. I, uh, uh, I've i never done that. I've never done block printing. You know, I, I, I did some. I don't even know what the circumstances were. But I went through a, a painting phase. A long time ago. This is not like a recent thing. This is like a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I don't remember what I painted, but I know my mom put one of them on the wall of her bedroom. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was weird. <laughs> and I mean, the painting was weird and it was weird that she, anyway, um, the whole thing was weird. I would really like to see what a Paul Fitzgerald painting Yeah, I don't know like. what happened to it. I don't even know where it is. I don't know what if it Can you survive. describe it for us? I don't even remember it. It was it was like this kind of weird, spacey, celestial, starry kind of thing. I don't even know with weird I feel colors. like that tracks. It was acrylics. You know, it was acrylics oh, yeah. on canvas. I've done some acrylics. Because it's easy. Well, I mean, it, it's it's not like oil paint where you have to think about it and it takes four days to dry. Or right. I, I know nothing about this. I shouldn't be speaking. You know, everybody knows watercolor is hard. Uh, you know, or at least it's hard to do well. Um, yet sure it's the first one we learn. Out. You know, it's the first thing we learn. Um, but it was like it's acrylic paints. They're cheap. They go where the brush goes. And, you know, done, done. Um, it's a good good place to start, I found. But um I don't know how long that was. That was a long time ago. That was like high school, huh. maybe early college. That was a long time ago. His painting phase. Yeah, my painting phase. I thought about resurrecting that and I'll get an easel and maybe some canvases yeah. at the local Michaels store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'll see what comes out. I have no plans. I won't do it. I got other stuff I'm thinking about. But last year, it was last year or the year before, I was getting into harvesting bamboo because bamboo grows wild. In Fairfax County in Northern Virginia, yeah. you know, planted ornamentally by a lot of folks back in the day before it was like under no circumstances should you actually plant bamboo in the ground. You'll never be able to get rid of it. The pandas will be I've fine. Heard. You know, that's what, yeah, it was, no, we don't have, we don't have too much bamboo. We have too few pandas in Northern Virginia. And that's, <laughs> that's the true. problem. And we didn't need more, more pandas. Um, and uh, I was harvesting that by harvesting, I mean, you know, find some and when nobody's looking, get a hacksaw out and 
and chop some down. And I was like, I'm going to make a Sakahachi flute. And then I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's too hard. So I'm going to do something easier. So I ended up getting the smaller pieces, mm-hmm. uh, the thinner, and, and making um, uh, like dip pens, like dip pens that you dip in ink and writing with out of from bamboo. And that was actually a lot of fun. And yeah. um, it's cheap. It's easy. Um, I have developed an art and craft of it. Um, I got pretty decent at it, actually. And I was thinking about um, resurrecting that a little bit. It was pretty fun. Yeah. It was pretty fun. But it, yeah, it was it was uh, making something with my hands. It, it, it demands all of your attention. Yeah. Um, it's always fun to go on that scavenger hunt of, okay, what bamboo, rogue bamboo forest am I going to scavenge for parts today? Yeah. Those parts being just like throw a hacksaw in the backseat of the car and go drive it and you'll find something. The upside is now I know where all the good bamboo spots are in Northern Virginia or at least North Fairfax County. But that was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And I, I actually sent a couple to a couple of people that, um, that that thought they were really neat. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that the, the desire to like make something as a way of slowing down or unwinding. Um, I also tend to do a lot of cooking when I'm trying to unwind. Yeah, I can check that box myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I end up wanting to go sort of as back to basics as possible. So often during the summer, I'll make pasta fr- by hand. Oh, um, yeah. 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 Uh, which, you know, Eric very much appreciates that tendency. Yeah. Um. I'm just realizing right now, I'm like, we've got some meatballs in the fridge and no pasta. What can I do? What can you do? Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I used to paint quite a bit. Um, and I amassed like quite a collection of paintings. Um, and then I like destroyed most of them. Destroyed. Yes. Okay, cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. there, there are three surviving sherry paintings. Mm, that increases their value. <laughs> I guess. So. Yeah, now they're worth a lot more than they were before. Yeah. When so. there's ten, they're not worth much, but when there's only three left, it's like, oh. Yeah. Value goes up. Yeah. Value goes up. Yeah, I don't know. Um. I well, for a little while we did some gardening when we had land to do mm-hmm. so, but um, I don't know. I don't know what else I do to unwind um, because it's so new. Like what I used to try to do to unwind was watching television. And I've learned that that is not an effective that doesn't, unwinding. No. Yeah, that doesn't unwind me either. No, it does depress me. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. Being entertained and unwinding are different. Yes. Um. Yeah, and... I have a really gross relationship with being entertained, I think. I, d- I just don't have... Um, yeah, I, like, I know that the idea of, like, binge-watching a TV show sounds like a good activity, but whenever I do that, um, yeah, I feel horrible afterwards. Horrible? Yeah. Like what? Like, Like, just gross. Like, I feel like... Oh, I haven't seen the outdoors in a day, you know, like I just, and there's something about just the constant consumption of media that just doesn't, I just don't feel good after it. I I can't really explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. 
Um, we, uh, we finished Supernatural, which is not a good show to get into for binge watching because it's like 13 seasons or something like that. The thing was on since the beginning of time. It's like, yeah. And, and but near the end of it, it, it almost got to be a fine show, not saying anything bad about it. Right. It, it right. just got to be all right. Well, we have three more seasons left. Let's get to it. You know, it almost became a marathon of, of trying to, it's, it's something else that we had to do something else that we had to do that was, you know, an objective to be met was to watch. Right. To get it through. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's good or lousy at that point. You just got to get done with it because you can't stop watching it with only two seasons left. You have to finish that up, you know? That's, I've been sort of casually going back and watching here and there episodes of the television show, New Girl, which I never finished, Mm -hmm. um, but that I do enjoy. Um, So I do a little bit of that just because it's like nonsense. Good. Like, yeah. After dinner, oh, yeah. few brain cells are left. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's, I think that that's the problem is like, if I'm trying to unwind, the goal is not to have fewer brain cells at the end. I want my brain cells to have returned to me. Yeah. And that requires different activities, though. Yeah. You know? One of the things that I do um, that I do really enjoy that when I feel like, um, this might be more of an unwind. I, th- I think we might have just parsed out unwinding versus recharging. Unwinding is more of a what uh, on a daily mm. time scale and recharging is more of a protracted one. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think unwinding, it's like I did some unwinding this past weekend mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I cleaned and reorganized some fountain pens and I uh, typed a couple of pages on mm-hmm. a typewriter. Uh-huh. which uh, one person can see behind me in this uh-huh. uh, Zoom right there, my Olivetti Latera 22 that I got for 10 bucks at a crap store in Southern Missouri, right? Like a consignment shop slash antique sh- store slash kind of whatever. 10 bucks. There's a copy. There's one of these in the Met in New York. They won this like award for best design winner. And it's like, it's an Olivetti Latera 22 sitting right there for 10 bucks. Do they know? And, and it works, you know? Right. Um, so I was pretty stoked about that. Great little typewriter. Um, and uh, for those reasons, it's a great typewriter. And it is a little typewriter. So it doesn't take up like half the room, like some of those old royal ones. But it's like, like typewriter, really? And, you know, we were on um, a podcast a couple of weeks ago, the mm-hmm. Writing Irregulars. And some conversation broke out about, I don't know, what was that about? And um, my suggestion was, it sounds like a typewriter is what folks need. We should issue one of those to all incoming students. It was about writing without thinking and, and what happens when we write, when we're engaged simultaneously with the editorial process, which can happen with the word processor, right? You know, because right. it's like it suggestions are offered and red and blue squiggly lines show up under, under words. And when you're writing on word, or a word processor, you're tempted to revise as you go, mm-hmm. as opposed to like get get whatever's in there out on paper. Right. You know, and it's like, I think what we all need here is a typewriter because you don't have the option really to, to do anything about it unless you want to X everything out and start over. Well, and there but are But by these... then why do it? You know, so yeah. I, I enjoy that a lot. I enjoy yeah. that a lot. Well, and there are these kind of like, new technologies that are offering like these smaller um writing devices where like basically all you can do is compose digitally um and it's stripped down and it's designed to get us away from the distractions but i mean you're absolutely right like 
the typewriter that I have sitting over here in my bedroom uh, will do that just as easy. Just, yeah. It's in a, in a hundred years ago. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It is interesting, though, um, the the way in which, the t- and maybe we've talked about this, I don't know if on this podcast or maybe it's just what we've talked about a lot. The tools we use to compose really do offer different kinds of composing experiences. And some of those I find very relaxing and like um, almost cathartic. And then others of them, I do think I find more anxiety producing. Mm. Um, Yeah, right. right. And this is one of the reasons I think when you and I write together, we were talking about this right before we recorded this. um, I really get anxious about blank pages. Um, Mm -hmm. So you will start most of our drafting to, so that I don't have to face the blank page. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but, um, for some reason the blank page feels different on an analog device and I'm not sure why. By analog, I mean, you're talking about like a piece of paper. Yeah. Just kind of a piece of paper being an analog de- analog device, right? And nothing is going to be on that piece of paper until an action is taken. Yeah. Mechanical action is taken in one way or another, I guess. Well, like, so I think that for me, um, like regular pieces of paper feel less daunting because they don't have to be linear. Yeah. Right. right? Like you and I have gone to a park and brainstormed and I've been able to write like a slew of words on the page because I can diagram things and bubble things out. Yeah, right. right. And that is a really helpful unwinding device for me. And this is actually why I have a whiteboard in my house. Um, and now digitally, I guess the equivalent of this seems to be Jamboard. Um Like when I need to unwind, sometimes one of the things I need to do is organize what's in my head. Um, Yeah, right. And so like on a piece of paper, I can kind of get it all down and it doesn't have to be linear. But uh, composing on a computer like really ramps me up in part because of how linear it's sort of supposed to be. Yeah, which is weird because it's supposed to be a convenience that makes things easier. I'm suspicious of convenience. I'm... (laughs) Becoming suspicious of convenience myself because, you know, all of these things that were supposed to bring convenience into our lives have resulted in burnout, anxiety, stress, and... Increased salt intake. Yeah, yeah. Increased salt intake in cars and outside of them. Yeah. Um, and the, my, oh, I we talked about t- my Pringles habit on a previous well, podcast. But. I wanted to tell you about this. Um, I almost sent you a picture uh, on the weekend on our drive back from uh, home, Eric went into a gas station to grab some snacks and he brought me a can of Pringles. This is not behavior to emulate. I mean, this is not, hey, everybody, you want to be like us? Go get some Pringles and eat them in your car. I mean, that's not the message that I want to be sending out to our <laughs> dear and beloved listeners. But Yeah, no. They are good. But, it's, but they are good. It, the, to the point, we are suspicious of convenience, and Pringles are a food of convenience. They are very much a food of convenience. Um, so what's the deal with convenience? Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's like, it, it's a hack. It's yeah. always a hack, you know? It's it's a shortcut, to, which lets us bypass the things that we think we should be able to do quicker. 
Mm -hmm. um, or more efficiently that would that produce a result that if it is not close it is or is, is not the same it's close enough and it's like hey there's this typewriter and it's big and it's heavy and it uses a consumable ink and so you have to make sure you have enough ribbon and paper goes into it and don't screw up because if you do then you have to correct it and it's a pain in the butt because it's ink on paper it's not just electrons on a screen hey we can fix all of this with a word processor yeah, you know, and it's going to do everything wussy-wug and then, uh, you know, the what you see is what you get in front of yep. you and then you just kind of hit the print button and magically a copy of it spits out of the printer and you're done. It's like, oh, who would do that? That certainly, it sounds like a technology that's going to take over the developed in, in the developed world and it obviously has. Right. You know, and to the point where now and this is not Paul's anachronism podcast, uh, but, but now, I mean, you don't even print the thing off anymore, right? I'm not saying this is a good idea or a bad idea. You know, I'm, I'm all for the preservation of trees and the not using more paper than one needs to to achieve one's goals. Um, but, I mean, we go, we went all semester. Most most folks did. Went all mm -hmm. academic year without accepting a single piece of paper from from anyone. Yeah. nothing Nothing was turned in physically for many, many people. I think wow. for me, definitely nobody. What? Would somebody mail me something? What is this? A telecourse where you mail your homework to somebody? Well, interestingly, I went to that method a number of years ago because I happen to be a germaphobe, and I, um, the kicker for me was this one day I had a student who was getting up to turn his paper in, and so he's putting his book bag on, and so he took his paper and he put it in his mouth. And then he walked up to the front of the room yeah, and, and took it out of his mouth and gestured it towards me. And I was like, I know that you do not expect me to accept something that has literally just been in your mouth. And he was like, of course I do. And I was like, no, you're going to take a picture of that and email it to me. Yeah. And after that, I stopped. Um, because, yeah, uh, fun fact about Sherry, a little bit of a germaphobe. A little bit of a germaphobe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, so I mean, we've managed to go uh, and exist with the convenience of all of these tools. But what's interesting is this semester um, and both semesters, I had my students doing these things called scholars logs, um, where they were invited to basically just think through in a way that I could see um, the course materials. And I really dug... Um, the students who took me up on the invitation um, to handwrite whatever they were thinking through and then, yeah, right. you know, copy right. it and send it off to me because um, the nature and the playfulness of their thinking on the page, so different from yeah, what I see different. in the device. Yeah, it's um, very different. So it's interesting. I mean, one of the things I'm thinking about now is how often when we're unwinding, we purposefully choose to do things that are inefficient and inconvenient. Often. Isn't that Often. interesting? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, Often. even the idea of going on vacation, right? I'm going to leave my home, go somewhere that I will likely get lost, stay in a room that doesn't have a kitchen. Yeah. Why? 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 How inconvenient, and yet, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've been. I mean, since 
since the pandemic started, right? Um, I mean, we haven't been on an air. Well, Shauna did because she had to go to a funeral, but we haven't been on an airplane in a year and a half. You yeah. know, it's like we, we've been on little vacays, but it's like, oh, let's drive. Yep. You know, um, and sometimes those distances are pretty long. You know, sometimes the distance is pretty long. And um, it's going to take, we could fly there in two hours, but we're going to drive. So it'll be two days. It's like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll drive, you know. Mm-hmm. And not that there's a fear of flying or anything like that. It's just, eh. Well, you did this before uh, before the pandemic. We did. Too, yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, we did. So I remember yeah. Christmas and you're like, yes, yeah, so I'm going to drive to St. Louis. Yeah, well, that started before then. Uh, the, yeah. the Thanksgiving previous, we drove to Michigan. That's right. Then we drove back. And then over Christmas, we drove to St. Louis. And we were there for about a month. Um, yeah. Drove back and it was all fine. Not quite mm-hmm. a month. Three weeks, two weeks, three weeks. Pretty close, um, though. You were gone a long time. Yeah, it was a while. And yeah. um yeah, that was a while. It was a great trip, you know. Um, spent some quality time with the fam and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of times it's this doing things in ways. I mean, why paint something, Cherry, if you can just take a photo? Why get a typewriter out if you can just use a word processor? Why garden if you can? I mean, there's a Safeway literally down the street if you want something to eat. Mm-hmm. Is the objective the finished product of the typewriter? Is it? the the what comes out of the block print is it the is it the print is it um the lovely sustenance that i will scarf down in under five minutes once it is plucked from said garden (laughs) no i don't think it is you know is it all the writing i'm going to do with a bamboo dip pen you know those are the things that i I really do that really feel um rejuvenating um Mm -hmm. relaxing um refocusing for sure you know, um, I, I, I'm not for on principle reasons going to say meditative because I reserve that word for other activities, but very mindful like activities, but very mindful activities um, where full attention. Is, well, that's not even true either. I mean, when I'm gardening, I mean, stuff goes in, stuff comes out. I'm gardening, you know, but um, I'm not always doing it as mindfully as I would, but I'm still getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. Um Typing with a typewriter, that's full on attention right there. And my mind is not wandering when I'm typing with a typewriter. It's like, there's no other way right. to do this than to, that will demand your attention fully and presently. Yeah. Well, I mean, there might be a little music in the background. It's yeah, interesting because I think I, I'm no- noticing that, like, if I'm going to put on, if I'm going to be typing on my typewriter, I'm likely to put on classical music. What's up with that? Isn't that interesting? Is it then um, not the activity itself? Then maybe it's the um, the whole atmospheric sense of what's going on in its totality that is being that is being sought sought after. Yeah, I think typing with some jazz on on a cloudy afternoon with oh man, that's relaxing already. Just thinking about that, right? You know, or gardening on a on a cool sunny day, um, pulling some weeds with some birds flying around with you know, a smell of fresh growing or fresh mulch. Manure, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this. You know, ah, uh, that's yeah. Uh, well, outside in the sun, getting some gardening in, you know, it, it, it's awesome. Yeah. I think it's, it's an experience that we're trying to tap into. And I think part of what's 
you know, inherent in that is a kind of presence um, within a certain kind of experience. Um, and it's interesting how so many of these things do kind of take us away from technology. Um, you know, over the weekend uh, at the Airbnb that we were staying at, um, Eric and I had this glorious fire pit, you know, and so we went and picked yeah, up some fire wood and made a big fire and just sat there and drank a bottle of wine next to the fire. Nice. Perfect. No Perfect. music, no, like, some banter, but we didn't even need, I mean, you know, you've been together 20 years. You don't have to fill every moment with. Yeah. I mean, the fanciest words. piece of technology you had on site was the bottle opener or you know yeah corkscrew yeah i mean like pulled out my phone for a second to capture the fire but that mostly off the phone and it's not that we needed warmth you know right but um we could see the stars in a way that we probably haven't since we were in college right right you know that is a, that is a primal activity i mean that kind of thing you know the fire you yeah. know around the fire at night i mean you're you're re-encountering the experience of our ancestors half a million years ago yeah. at this point. You know, of course it's deep in the psyche. Yeah. You know, that's the most relaxing thing that one can do. It's so much so that we brought the fire inside. We moved inside, you know, to get out of the elements, but the fire's coming with us, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a fireplace or a fire pit or something like that. Right. Um, for reasons which I understand, like not freezing to death. You can do that inside too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's the, seems to be tied to these unwinding experience or these recharging ones, this abandonment of convenience and the hacks and the bypassing uh, of the, the technology affords. Yeah. You know, not, this is, again, not to say I'm going to turn into some Luddite. You know, we're recording this on Zoom with some couple of awesome mixers using technology that is unimaginable yet 20 years ago. Right. You know, um, but uh, it's this, uh, incur I would encourage people to investigate what really does it. And it's like, I'm going to sit down and watch some TV. That's not doing it. That's not yeah. doing that. You know, it's not doing recharging. You're not getting reinvigorated. You're not getting refilled with the the vivre of or you know the the joie de vivre here with this it's it's something that that you're doing to unwind after a long day maybe we're going to catch up on an interesting show but let's not call that yeah recharging or reinvigorate at least I, I can't call that for myself maybe it is for others i don't know well i think that there's a level entertainment of... doesn't do it though yeah no i i'm not looking to be entertained i am looking to be rehumaned. yeah and that requires human stuff yeah like sitting around a fire growing some plants out of the ground that you might eat probably will uh f maintaining community mm -hmm. in ways that demand attention like not texting but get a typewriter out or a pen and a piece of paper and write something these are old you know writing fire um crop cultivation you know these go back to the foundations of human civilization 
Yeah, this is the all foundations the of human civilization. Yeah, this is all the stuff that's the bottom of the tech tree. Yeah, these are the, the first three things that right? were done: is cave painting, not getting eaten by wolves or whatever, or hyenas because there's a fire nearby, and we have to not starve. Yeah, you know why do so many people hunt? It's like it's one of these primitive, primal. Mm-hmm. You know, get out, do something that is really at the foundations of the human experience. At the foundation of the human experience. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, between those four, I'm not sure what a fifth one would be. You know? Um, Religion, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say staring (laughs) at the stars. Yeah, looking at the stars, you know, in in wonder. Yeah. I mean, because I think. Um, In wondering what what everything is about. That's part of it, for sure. I mean, that, and therein lies the foundations of spirituality itself. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, is is seeing the common the common threads that wind us together through agriculture, through, a, you know, sitting around a fire and talking about what happened today, and gazing into the stars and wondering how big the universe really is and what those little dots represent, and um, how do I communicate with people who are here now but are not close or those who will come after me, you know, um, through written communication or pictorial diagrams or whatever it might be mm-hmm. you know um these are i mean i think these things are recharging and reinvigorating for a reason yeah you know they they really do contact our our true humanity well that got deep fast we were from like oh, i got a typewriter to <laughs> you know <laughs> the existential nature of humankind itself all in 10 minutes right yeah but i mean I think that we need those. I think we need those reminders. We crave those reminders. Yeah, I think so um, too. Yeah. And this is what it means to be human. It's this right here. It's yeah. not the internet. It's not email. It's not video conferencing. It's not TikTok. It's not, you know, the equities market. It's not my 401k. It's this other yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. Lie at the heart of who we are. Right. Um, And what it means to be human is fundamentally inefficient and inconvenient. (laughs) Yeah. Have you met us? (laughs) (laughs) All this technology has not necessarily changed that either. No. We're just as ridiculous as we always. Well, this is what it's, you know, for all this awesome technology, you'd think the world would be a better place than it is. And it's not. No, we're just ridiculous. With better toys. Yeah, clearly all of this all of this stuff is not something that drives us in a direction uh, towards making the world a better place. Yeah. I mean, there's um, we figured out how to live a little bit longer. Sure. You know, nutrition and medical intervention and sanitation goes a long way. Yeah. Um, we have not learned how to not kill each other. Yep. Haven't figured that out yet. Indeed, we have not. That got, oh, sorry. Sorry. I mean, there's still, I mean, and I say that we figured out how to make, but I mean, there's still, you know, high infant mortality all over the world. There's still hunger. There's still famine. There's still war. There's still environmental destruction. There's still all of these things. All this technology has not solved that because at at the heart of this lies a human who is imperfect, you know, who's trying to do the best they can with limited information that may or may not be in touch with our own humanity. Well, yeah. And I mean, to speak to, we have not yet figured out how to not kill one another. I mean, 
convenience is sort of perhaps at the heart of this, right? Like we do not enjoy things that are inconvenient to us and having to pause and learn to understand and see the needs of other humans is damn inconvenient to our own narcissistic journey. Um, So yeah, um, if we could tolerate a little bit more inconvenience, we might get better at being human together. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I can't top that. <laughs> I think it's a good place to wind this up. Yeah. I think it's a good place to wrap this up. Not bad for a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. In May. Yeah. This, our friends, is what Summer Brain brings you. Yeah, we're going to talk about stuff and then it's going to get deep real quick and unexpectedly. But there yeah. it goes. So, um, yeah. Summer Brain. I yeah. in, I encourage folks to investigate their own Summer Brain. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's always good to hear what other folks do um, to contact their true human selves, right? And, and what they do to, to re- reconnect with who they really are. Yeah. And, and what lies at the core of your own human experience. I'd like, I'd love to know. I'd love to yeah. know. I'd love to know what other folks do to unwind. And if maybe you and I are just the weirdo Luddites, maybe other people do recharge with technology. Yeah. Uh, love to hear about it. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for Paul. recording a couple of things. I really appreciate that. Indeed. Um, we got a couple of website updates coming up pretty soon. Don't check yet. There might be a couple of things out here by the time this goes out. Um, but uh, we got some big plans, so stay tuned for that, folks. Yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Awesome. Have a great time, everybody, and thanks for listening to this most unbelievable life. Cool. See you, Sherry. Bye. Bye-bye. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a podcast. Paul and Sherry podcast, yes. 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 Cool.